world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Game Day Eve, September 1st, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I will be joined by Jonah Booker in just a moment. Man, after months of anticipation, Buckeye football is right on our doorstep. We are fired up about it. Thank you very much for joining us. And before Jay Book and I delve into football, we'll let you guys know about our sponsor, Factor Meals, and how you guys can get a great 50% off deal thanks to the Bucknuts Morning 5. Factor Meals is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. I like eating high-quality, fresh food at home, but I'm also very busy during the football season. I don't like all the prep work and everything else that goes into it. That's where Factor Meals come in. They provide high-quality, great-tasting food that is delivered to your door fresh, and it only takes two minutes to prepare. Yes, just two minutes, and it tastes great. They have something for all appetites, steak, chicken, seafood dishes, pasta dishes, vegetarian meals, breakfast meals, smoothies, and a bunch of other great stuff. My family loves it, and I recommend it to you guys. Because of the Bucknuts Morning 5, we can get you a great deal right now. Head to factormeals.com slash bucknuts50. Use code bucknuts50 to get 50% off. That's code bucknuts50 at factormeals.com slash bucknuts50 to get 50% off. There you go. Let's welcome in my guy, Jay Book, and get to matters of football. Jay Book, it's great to see you as always. You are dressed for the occasion. I love it. You're looking I'm ready. great. I'm uh, ready. It's, it's I, Friday before hey. the game. Let's go. Man, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready, and you stay ready. <laughs> so, okay, I love this because you and I have not talked about the quarterback situation yet. Um, we haven't texted about it. We haven't eaten nothing. We haven't talked about it. So I'm going to get your unfiltered reaction to what's going on at quarterback. Ryan Day made the announcement on Tuesday. Um, your reaction to Kyle McCord being named the starter and that Devin Brown is still going to play tomorrow. I have zero worries, Dave. Um, I, I look at it as Ohio State has two really good quarterbacks. Both guys I have the utmost faith in that can lead this um, team to a Big Ten championship, get them into the playoffs. I'm going to say this, Dave. I'm not worried about it. Like, people's freaking out. You know, we have to report the news. I think some people uh, misconstrue, like, hey, reporting the news as opposed to, like, hey, this is something to freak out about. I'm not worried about the quarterback position at all, Dave. Um, I just feel that they have two very talented guys, and most importantly, I trust Ryan Day. His track record of developing quarterbacks, getting the most out of quarterbacks, and squeezing every ounce of juice from those guys as far as having them play at a high level since he's been here speaks for itself. So, hey, Kyle, let's go, baby. Let's go, Kyle McCord. Go out there. Show what you can do. Devin Brown, your number's going to get called go out there and play at a high level. That's the bottom line. This is Ohio State. The quarterback position has um, – the history has spoken for itself, especially over the last couple of years. So if you're on that field, regardless of if you're in the first quarter, the fourth quarter, you're expected to go out there and play at a high level. And I will say this, Dave, and I think it's very premature. I've been seeing a lot of people saying Ryan Day messed up. Ryan Day is handling the quarterback position wrong. 
I'm not going to kill the man until we actually see what the product looks like on the field. I want to see what they're going to do to say, I, I want to see what this offense looks like, what the production looks like before we can go out there and say, hey, they made a grave mistake on how they handled the quarterback situation. I'm going to trust that Ryan Day has a plan and they're going to go out there and execute it at a high level. I'm with you. I trust Ryan Day and it's a long-term plan that he's not going to reveal. I think he probably knows how this is going to play out. He has an idea. You never know. Injuries play into it. Maybe a guy he thinks is going to play really well during the game. It's going to be fun to watch it play out. What do you think will happen long-term? When we're um, you know, headed to Notre Dame game, we're playing Penn State or the game up north, and both guys are healthy, who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback? That's hard to say, Dave. I think these first three runs, that uh, the first three games, that's going to be your trial run. That's going to be your error. I would not absolutely, I would not be surprised the least bit if they come into the press conference with the media next week and say Devin Brown's starting, and we're going to have the same type of rotation that we had against Indiana. I think the battle was so close, and if you to believe Bobby Carpenter, he said the quarterbacks really weren't live. Um, all through camp, meaning that they really wasn't taking shots. So once you get out there on the field against Indiana and you have live bullets, we don't know how either one of these kids are going to play. One, Devin Brown can come out there and say, hey, I'm rising to the occasion. I'm playing at a high level, and McCord takes a step back. If that's the situation, then you can see the reverse happen next week. So I just think these first three weeks is going to be the trial run. Coming into Notre Dame, I do think at that point they'll need to settle into a guy who's going to be able to handle majority of the first-team reps, and I think that's the situation going forward once they get into conference conference play. But it's a blessing in disguise that you look at this early on schedule for the first three weeks that it allows you a little bit of uh, experimentation to go on. Yeah, it's very interesting, and I think, you know – this isn't going to be a two-quarterback system all year. I just cannot imagine. I People are talking about stuff like at the press conference asking Ryan Day about, like, Stanley Jackson and Joe Germain. I about had a conniption. I'm like, geez. <laughs> talking about they'll divide the locker room. Yeah, they'll divide the locker room. Everybody in the world knows who the better quarterback is, yet Stanley Jackson's still playing. Like, that, it just – it never works long term. And people will be like, well, what about Florida in 06? That's not a true two-quarterback system. That's not what we're talking about. Tim Tebow is basically a goal line, like fullback. <laughs> right. Sometimes for a jump pass, you know, I mean, Chris Leak was like their starting quarterback. So something like that could work. That's not what we're talking about. Um, I just editorialized there a little bit. Do you agree with that, that there's no way this is going to be a two quarterback system all year? I don't think so. Um, as you started to get into the, the tougher meat of the schedule, Dave, you got to settle in on the guy. I'm cool with what they're doing right now because the talent, discrepancy between Ohio State, Indiana, and, you know, the rest of the teams that they're going to play. This allows you to be able to go out there and let this battle carry on onto the field. Um, you know, you can you can always say, hey, these guys look, you know, comparable in practice. Well, if you're not going against uh, live bullets in practice, guys aren't hitting you, then I can then I can see a situation to where when you're in Indiana, what you thought in practice might not be the same because the quarterbacks weren't live. Um, let those guys go out there and battle it out on the field. The, I, will, I will say this, though, Dave. If Devin Brown's going to get into this game against Indiana, get him in there earlier so that he can actually have an opportunity to showcase what he can do. 
the last thing that you want is Ohio State up 35, 40 points in the fourth quarter. Now you're putting Devin Brown in, and essentially he's just handing the football off, and you're just putting him in the, in the game just to say, hey, we got him in the game. If you're going to put him in there, let the boy cook. Let him go out there and showcase his athletic ability. Let him go out there and showcase his arm talent. And then we can stand on business and say, hey, both guys had comparable amount of throws. Both guys operated with the first-team offense. Who looked better? Who looked more comfortable? Who took care of the football? Who was able to command the offense, get them into the red zone, and come away with points? That's what I want to see. I also want to see the offensive line. Let's switch gears from the quarterbacks. Talk some O-line. That's, that was the biggest question all season. We knew quarterback was going to be um, a question, but that was my biggest worry all offseason. Feels like it's coming together. We won't know for a while, but just right. entering the season with the first game tomorrow, what's your confidence level in this Buckeye O-line? I'm bullish. I'm bullish on the offensive line, Dave. I think they're going to be um, hell on wheels, especially on the interior. Carson Hensman, he's a guy that probably probably would be starting at Wisconsin right now. He's a big boy center, what, 6'4", 300, um, a little, little bit bigger than Luke um, from last year. You got the experience with the two interior guys. Obviously, the tackles are going to be the major question mark. I think Fryer's going to be just fine at that right tackle position. When he subbed in for Dewan Jones when he was injured, I thought Josh Fryer played at a very high level. The left tackle, we don't know what we're going to get. They think they have uh, a kid that's going to be able to play here on this type of competition. But as far as the offensive line, I think they're going to be um, they're going to be bullies in the trenches, Dave, with Ohio State looking to have more of a downhill rushing attack as opposed to a lateral uh, zone type of rushing attack. I think that allows those guys to get hat on the hat, allow that interior guard to get to the second level for linebackers when they're uh, – you know, when they're coming downhill in the run game. So I think that's going to bode well for their style of play, especially a guy like Donovan Jackson, who looked like he can be a, a a club bouncer or something that's going to throw somebody out if you if you see him just walking around the Woody Hayes facility. So, I, yeah, I am I think Justin Fry is going to get the most out of him. I would say this, though, Dave, is this the Justin Fry game right here, Indiana? Because I don't know how much more Tom Allen has in him Justin Fry, being a former alumni of Indiana, if he goes out there, that offensive line is looking nasty all year round. Could this get a peek behind the curtain to say, hey, Indiana, Justin Fry knocking at the door? I hope he doesn't go, but you never know. You got one of your own who's probably one of the best offensive line coaches in America. They'd be foolish not to go after him if, you know, assuming Ohio State's offensive line plays well, Ohio State plays well in Indiana, uh, falters this year, and Tom Allen, um, get sacked as they might say in England. Um, I, I love when they use that term in soccer. Dude. Like, <laughs> Premier League, they're like, he got sacked. I'm like, maybe we should probably use that term more when it's not just football. Like, it, says, it sounds even like, like, like even better than he got fired. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I feel like um, Justin Fry, I think would be foolish. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but you brought it up. I think he'd be foolish to take that job. I know he's an Indiana grad. That's like, man, I guess you could argue there's no pressure, but do you want right. to win or not? I mean, really can't win there win big i mean can you, you can. even win a big ten championship you can't you, you can't. can't so I especially think Dustin Fry, I, I wait i wait for a good yeah. job to open up uh, i was yeah. gonna say especially with them doing away with divisions i mean right now with the, the current construction with the big 10 west you probably probably could slip up and say hey um you know you can you can probably win nine ten games and maybe luck out 
but I just can't see it. But Justin Fry, he he's going to go off for greener pastures. But if you're Indiana, I have no doubt in my mind that uh, if they decide to move on from Tom Allen, because I think they probably hit their ceiling under his leadership. But it would be stupid for Indiana not to kick the tires on one of your very own. But just like him, Justin Fry, Brian Hartline, a lot of those guys that are up and coming young coaches and stuff, you'll be better off sitting at Ohio State making probably just as much money as you would, you know, almost as a head coach there with all of the, the talent that you have and just wait until the right job comes into your lap. I mean, you look at, you know, the way the college football landscape is going right now. There's teams that are going to be in power five conferences that probably shouldn't have any business being in a power five conference. But if you look at the, the job opening, like a, a Cincinnati or a UCF, um, you know, SMU, just just throwing names off the top of my head. You look at them three years ago, you were like, oh, I would have had no shot of competing for a national championship at a place like that. Now with the new landscape. You know, there's going to be ample opportunities to have the opportunity to compete at a high level. Let's get down to brass tacks predictions for tomorrow. So the Buckeyes are favored by 30. I've already given my prediction. I gave it on Wednesday, show, so I'll give it again. Uh, maybe I'm being a little too optimistic here, but I have a good feeling Ohio State's going to come out and impose their will on both ends, uh, both sides of the ball. Uh, I'm going 52-10 Ohio State. 52-10 Buckeyes. What do you got, Jay Book? I had it. I had it 42-10 uh, myself. Here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing, Dave. I hate this running clock new rule that they have going right now. I, I'm going to go do my research just for uh, recreational sports betting purposes. <laughs> but I need to go back over the last, you know, week zero in the games last night just to kind of get a feel for how many how many games are hitting the under right now because you're starting to see the totals uh, starting to creep down a little bit because of that running clock. You're getting less plays more commercials as far as delays. And I think it's really throwing off the game flow that we're traditionally used to seeing. So whoever made those new rules up, terrible, throw them out the window, uh, bring it back to what we had it, you know, in the, the history of college football. But this running clock here, Dave, I just think it shortens the game up and it doesn't allow for a lot of plays like you would traditionally see. So that's why I'm going with 42-10. But either way, both of us have Ohio State winning comfortably here. I think we'll all be, you know, come Monday feeling pretty good about what we saw. I'm sure there's going to be some Ohio State fans upset about something along the lines, but Ohio State should definitely carry uh, carry the momentum going into next week. The question is, is how will both quarterbacks look? So I'm giddy to see that as well as the five, four or five running back attack. If you're to believe Ryan Day, I think he mentioned all of the running backs are going to get carries beside Pryor. I don't know why he didn't mention Evan Pryor. <laughs> when the week before he also mentioned him as someone who's earned the right to touch the football. So I'm excited to see how Tony Alford is going to utilize this deep, but very talented running back room. Don't even get me started on the running clock after the first down. I mean, I, I just, you know, and I, people can say, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's only taken in, in total a couple of minutes or a few plays off, you know, off the books. It's like, why are we okay with that? I don't want less college football. Like, I don't want less <laughs> plays. Like, there's just going to be, as you as you just outlined. I mean, we're, and we're going to have more data now after you know week one. We just have week zero, and then the games that were last night. By the way, shout out to Nebraska. Something's never changed. New coach, and they still lose one one score games like nobody's business. So, uh, man, Nebraska looked like they were going to win, and they they pulled a defeat from the jaws of victory. 
But yeah, man, I just think it's so silly. And they're doing it under the guise of player safety. Oh, we're doing it under player safety, but we're also going to extend the playoffs from four right. teams to 12 teams, have more games. So how's that uh, safe for the players? It's ridiculous. So I'm glad you brought that up. I don't like it's all, that about the, it's all about the money, Dave. The extended playoffs and more games, more, you know, conference games. That's all about money for the networks. You look at it at right now, Dave, you're getting more commercials. Who does that help? The networks. They're able to sell more advertisement and stuff. So I just think that it is really, you know, waters down the game with this running clock thing. I mean, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. So I definitely need to go back and just kind of see like, hey, what are these point totals looking like? How is this running clock impacting the game, especially uh, for those who like to participate in this, you know, a little sprinkle a little money on the over-unders here and there on Saturdays in college football. So things we're looking for most tomorrow. Obviously, the quarterbacks, it's going to be exciting to see them. Everything I'm excited about. Look, literally everything I'm excited about. The quarterbacks, how the offensive line is going to play. How's the as the defense going to look like? Yeah, Indiana's right. not a good offense, but is the defense going to look like what we hope the defense is going to look like? Another thing I really want to see, and this won't matter who the opponent is, is Ohio State going to come out with an edge? Are they going to come out with a chip yep. on their shoulder? Are they going to be nasty? Are they going to come out there and be like, we're Ohio State? God, you know, bleep it. You know, are they going to come out and, and, and impose their will and have that edge? I hope so. What do you think? I think so. Uh, I think they will. I think this team has a little bit of a sour taste after the way that they lost to Georgia. Um, to me, let's go, Jim Knowles. This is this is why you're here. I want to see in an elite imposing defense. The thing that has bothered me about Ohio State defenses over the last several years, Dave, is I always felt like we were playing on our heels. Like we weren't the aggressor. We weren't the ones that was uh, dictating how the offense is going to maneuver and operate. We weren't setting the tone and bringing that physicality and that nastiness on the defense where you just saw linebackers laying the lumber, DBs getting their heads around, attacking the football, making plays on the on the ball. We haven't seen that. I mean, the corners had zero interceptions last year. So I want to see how they transition into this year. We've heard a lot of talk all camp, Dave, about how vastly improved the secondary is going to be, how deep the defensive line is going to be, how they're going to utilize uh, more of a rotation at the linebackers, get some of those younger guys like a, a Hicks in there. So I want to see that. I want to see how this defense attack. And if the if it was all smoke and mirrors, what they were hyping us up all summer, talking about how deep they're going to be on that side of the football. So instead of playing on your heels, let's go downhill smack somebody in the mouth and set the tone to let everybody know this is not a big 12 type of defense. This is not a finesse defense that is going to be a nasty top 10 defense. It's going to bring the wood to anybody that they step on the field with. Amen. Jay book and I are going to talk some special teams in a moment. So stick with me, but I'm gonna let you guys know about our other sponsor, Piata Italian street food. You guys can get free Piata, which is awesome. I love Piata and they have a message for you guys. It goes a little something like this. All right. Hey there, Bucknutters. Are you ready to indulge in some mouth-watering Italian street food while cheering on our beloved Buckeyes? If you're looking for the ultimate game day feast, look no further than Piata Italian street food. It is time to elevate your tailgate experience with Piata's delicious pastas, piattas, and salads. Options include tender pasta cooked to perfection, tossed in rich, flavorful sauces. Whether you're a fan of classic marinara or creamy carbonara, Piata's got you covered. And let's not forget about the Piatas. 
These thin Italian wraps filled with your choice of grilled meats, fresh veggies, and irresistible sauces are game changers. Now that we've made you hungry, we are offering you, the listener, an exclusive online-only discount. This week only, you can receive a free Piata pasta or salad with the purchase of a regular entree. Use code GOBUCKS at checkout online or in the Piata One app to receive a buy one, get one free for any Piata pasta or salad. This offer is valid only through this Sunday, September 3rd. Again, receive any Piata pasta or salad with the purchase of any regular size entree when using the code GOBUCKS at checkout online or within the Piata One app. Offer cannot be combined. Offer cannot be combined with any other discounts or rewards. Go Buckeyes. Go Piata. All right, there we go. Back to football. Jay Buck, I know you're not going to be happy that um, they named Emeka Egbuka <laughs> punt returner. Um, I don't often disagree with you. I like it. That doesn't mean he has to be back there all the time. I like that, you know, in big moments he'll be back there. So a lot of times he's just going to fair catch it. I don't see a lot of guys get hurt on punt, re- punt returners get hurt on returning punts. I just don't see it that much. Maybe I'm wrong. I like Emeka back there. Also, Xavier Johnson is going to be the primary kickoff returner. I know you don't like the Emeka stuff, but get into that a little bit. Yeah, I, I understand it, Dave. That doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that I love it. I know Emeka uh, is a heck of a punt returner. I just look at it as big picture, Dave. We were cheated out of a, a massive one-two combination with JSN, Marvin, and Emeka as a one-two-three punch at wide receiver last year. We were cheated out of that. So I would just like Emeka to focus on uh, being an elite wide receiver. I know he's dangerous with the ball in his hand. I just think that there are many other options as far as uh, talented kids that can really put that foot in the dirt and go be able to uh, help out on the special teams. I think that's a way to get some of those younger guys like uh, Brandon Enos, who's extremely talented, that has that wiggle to him, let him go back there, return some kicks. I'm good with X. Uh, back there returning kickoff returns, Dave. I think X is dynamic. I think he'll be able to make a lot of people miss back there. I mean, it, you're, you want to be able to flip the field. And if you if you believe Ryan Dave, they, they felt that those two guys were the best to do it. I understand it. I just want to be able to protect Emeka because at, what do we see at the end of the year, Dave? He was banged up. Heavy legs came November. He got his bounce back once Georgia came. So I just want to make sure that if they're, Going to utilize those guys, You be smart about it because you have to look at Michigan down the line. You got to look at Penn State right after you're playing Wisconsin. You want all of your big dogs healthy and clicking at 100%. So, hey, we need to see a, a return or a touchdown, Dave. Can we get one this year and get the monkey off the back with, with bringing, taking one all the way back to the house? That's what I want to see. Yeah, it's time that Jalen Marshall's um, streak ends. He's he's the last one to do it. The national championship <laughs> season of 2014 against Indiana, no less, when Jalen Marshall just took over that 2014 Indiana. Indiana was giving the future national champs a, a good game in the horseshoe till Mr. Jalen Marshall took over that football game. All yeah. right. Um, I'm going to ask you about the safeties to close the show. But before we get to that, Jaden Fielding, you know, we're talking a little special teams here. Jaden Fielding won the place-kicking job. He's going to be the kickoff specialist again. Uh, but he also beat out Parker Lewis. I don't know why they wasted a scholarship on Parker. They brought him in last year. He never played. Um, this year he gets beat out. Maybe Jaden Fielding is just really good. So we'll see how Jaden Fielding does. Hopefully he can make a 50-yard field goal if, uh, you know, the national championship's on the line or something like that. That was kind of a low blow. Noah, <laughs> Noah Ruggles is a really good kicker. He nev- And honestly, Noah Ruggles never should have been in that position because, as we all know, Noah was money from inside of 50 but did not really have the leg to kick 50-yard field goals. And – 
that was putting him in a bad position. They needed to be – I saw Sue mention this when I was asking you earlier about, is this, gonna, is this Ohio State team, team going to have an edge? And she nailed it she, because they played with that edge against Georgia. They even talked about going into it. No, no longer playing tight, not playing with nothing to lose, playing with nothing to lose and just you know going just balls to the wall. And they did that against Georgia. They played tight against Michigan. I want to see that same attitude that they had against Georgia. So we'll see what happens. Um, but Jaden Fielding won the kicking job. All right, I want to ask you about safeties to close the show. What do you make of this, the final? We know Sonny Styles is going to start, thank God, and have a huge role. Love it. Lathan Ransom, locked in. Like it. Um, the other starting safety spot, Jay Book, um, I'm surprised it's still unsettled between Jihad Carter. I like that Malik Hartford is a dude. That's awesome. Josh Proctor, are we really buying that as a six-year senior, that he's in the mix here? Just what do you make of that that three-man battle for that final starting safety spot? I think Josh Proctor is more of a throwing him a bone as a veteran, saying, hey, we're going to make sure that we keep you in the mix here. Um, we know what we're going to get from Josh Proctor. He's a guy that can go out and knock somebody out the game, and then the next play he can go and just completely whiff and give up a 40-yard explosive play because he tried to knock somebody out of the game. That's kind of what you're going to get from Josh Proctor. I want to see what we're going to get out of Carter. And Malik Harford, Dave, he has to be the surprise of the camp, right? Coming out, coming into the season, Malik Harford, what Ryan Day say, he came in soaking wet at 169. He's already up to 192 right now. They say he's incredibly smart as far as his football acumen. So I just think that Malik Harper, I, I would have never guessed that he would have been competing for a, uh, a starting position as a true freshman because you looked at how real thin he was. He was always a big hitter coming out of Cincinnati. But to be able to come in and push for a starting spot at safety at Ohio State, I mean, that we will have to go back into the record books. Who was the last true freshman that ever started at the safety position for Ohio State. And I love putting you on the spot on our show, Dave. Yeah, Doss, I, I think Doss had some starts in, would it have been, let's say it would have been 99. Yeah, so I think Doss, I'll have to go back and look. Because he was a three-time All-American, so he was definitely an All-American. as a sophomore, junior, senior, including the national championship season of 02. I think he started some games as a true freshman in 99. A, that was a bad team. B, we're talking about a three-time All-American, future three-time All-American and Mike Dawson, College Football Hall of Famer. I'm trying to think. Nate Sally got some uh, um, time, but he wasn't a starter. Dante Whitner got played as a freshman, but was not a starter. Um, I can't think of one. I can't think of Sonny last Jordan, Yeah, Jordan Frost and Kirk Coleman, maybe. I don't think he started because they. I remember, and I always knew he was going to be a safety. They actually played uh, rep Kirk Coleman as a corner when he was a true mm -hmm. freshman. I believe he started at safety as a sophomore, but they actually repped him at corner. They just want to improve his coverage skills. They always knew he was going to be a safety, but as a true freshman, I believe Kurt played, um, he repped at corner and played all over special teams. So, yeah. So uh, that right there yeah, tells you how. Yeah, I just didn't he start at corner. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. Began at corner, just to be clear, Brad. Yeah, he began, which is, I'm sure what you mean. Yeah. Kurt Coleman began his career at corner. Yep. Oh, Dustin Fox. Did he start as a freshman though? But Dustin was Again, a corner. Dustin oh, yeah, Dustin was a corner. corner. Yeah. Oh, I think they're – you know what they're thinking of? Um, or what I'm just thinking of? Maybe – oh, Malcolm Jenkins was a corner, though. Malcolm Jenkins was a corner. He mm -hmm. did start as a true freshman at corner. Tybus, Tybus was a redshirt freshman. Got a lot of people throwing stuff in here. There's no one more I wanted to get to that was – If anybody finds that out, message me on Twitter. I'll be curious to know who was the last true freshman that started at Ohio State as safety. 
But the point is, Dave, it's such a rarity. Like we're we are all out here just brainstorming, trying to figure out who the, who the last person was. So for Malik Harford to be right there in the mix of starting as a true freshman, that tells you right there how much of a gem. I know during the recruiting season, Caleb Downs was the talk and uh, some of the safeties we were after um, that starting at Georgia, playing at Georgia. But right here in our own backyard, Ohio, Ohio born guy and Malik Harper is pushing for a starting job. So if he goes out there, Dave, and make plays, I want to lose my mind. I want to be so fired up for this kid uh, just that he's put himself in the position at a place like Ohio State as a young buck coming in getting some early playing time, I think is awesome. But yeah, as far as the safeties, I feel good about the depth. Um, you know, even if you have to throw Josh Proctor out there, I think he can go out there and hold hold it down for, you know, periods of the time. But you got Jahal Carter. This is why you brought him in here. Let's see what he can do. Can he bring a more athleticism to that back end than what you saw from Tanner McAllister and, and Cam Martinez, the guys that you had there? And I will say this, Dave. What does it say to about those younger guys that's pretty much been jumped on the depth chart? I mean, Kai Stokes was a name that was mentioned very heavily coming out of the spring ball last year. There's barely been a peak about Kai Stokes. You really haven't heard much about Cam Martinez uh, too much. Early on, he was getting mixed in there. Uh, but as, as the letter part of Kent wrote on, you didn't hear very much about him as well. So. I just think these safeties, they have the potential to play at an elite level. But spotlight will definitely be on them, Dave, because you can make an argument uh, that the defensive backs, they really uh, cost Ohio State big time against Georgia and Michigan, not living up to the standards, missing tackles, uh, not getting their hands on the football. Those are all things that they want to correct this year, and I think they will. you got my wheels churning here. I hope I'm not leaving somebody out because I, you know <laughs> – I pride myself on these type of things. And yeah, like somebody mentioned Donnie Nicky, I was going to get to him. He was a redshirt freshman. He did start for four years. Donnie Nicky did. He started in 99. And if he, him and Mike Doss were the only two captains on that 2002 national championship team, both senior safety. So yeah, Donnie Nicky, we had people mention Vaughn Bell. Yeah. I mean, he did start the orange bowl as a true freshman, but like that was just one game. So I can't think of one that was like, not even necessarily the whole season, but was like, let's say half the season, at least six games or whatever. I can't think of one. I can't think of one. So, yeah, hats off to Malik. Hats off to Malik. That is really cool. Luke Montgomery is another one I didn't, that I didn't have him on my radar as a guy that was going you know, to push for playing time. I don't think he's really pushing for a starting job, but it's good to know that Luke Montgomery's made um, a good first impression. J-Book always makes a great impression. <laughs> game day tomorrow. I cannot wait. Uh, join me for what we learned live right after the game. I'll be going on as soon as possible right after the game, what we learned live. I hope you guys can join me. Thank you very much. Should we, should we talk about today, Dave? Oh, oh yeah, your spaces. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so if you guys aren't doing anything, 3 p.m. Eastern time today, Dave and I, we're going to kick off at Twitter spaces uh, just to talk some ball. Usually on this show, Dave, Dave and I going back and forth. So we're going to open it up uh, for about an hour, 3 p.m. today. Um, just hop on Twitter. I'll tweet out the link here in a little bit uh, once we get off of here. So you guys can hop on in here. So it'll be more or less – you guys, fans, hop on in and ask your questions and just talk some ball, some Ohio State football, baby, because it's game day tomorrow. So we're going to do a Twitter spaces this afternoon uh, just so that the fans, you guys can have your voice heard and just talk about, you know, what you're feeling, how you're feeling the Buckeyes are going to look, the fans' thoughts on the quarterback situation. And if we have any questions for Dave, 
then come on in there. We'll love to have you. Looking forward to it. I'm glad you got that in. I almost forgot to mention that. Thank you for uh, for getting the promo for your spaces. It's always fun. You always have a ton of people in there. I mean, J-Book has a massive following on social media, so that's that's no surprise. But, uh, yeah, I look forward to that later today, my friend. Thank you so much for your time and your knowledge, as always. J-Book, enjoy the game tomorrow. Thanks to everybody for joining us. Huge live audience. Appreciate you guys very much. Um, thanks again. Thanks again to J-Book. Thanks to all of you. Enjoy the game tomorrow, Bucknutters. Have a great rest of your day.